Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. We have a guest today with us who is a third year HVAC service apprentice, Andrea Bardot. Andrea, thanks for agreeing to be on our podcast today. Thank you for having me. Tell me, Andrea, what does a third-year HVAC service apprentice do? At this point, and especially at this time of the year, you know, we're getting in, it's going to start warming up pretty soon. So at this point, you're pretty familiar with all the equipment. I work in residential and commercial, so I'm going around to a lot of different businesses and houses and doing spring maintenances and making sure that everyone's going to be good for the summer and just catching any little problems that these companies or people may have later in the season so that hopefully they'll have to call us when, you know, business is backed up. So who do you work for right now? What area of the state, what region do you work in? I'm based out of Springfield, Missouri, and I I work for Waldinger. So you, you basically, you work in the Springfield metro area? Basically, yes. Yeah. Sometimes we go as far as Kansas, Arkansas, but... Only, only if it's required. How did you get involved in this? How did you wake up one day and decide, hey, I'd like to be an HVAC service apprentice? Well, when I was in high school, we had, there was a program to go to the Build Your Future event. And so I went ahead and decided that I'd go do that for a day. Um, I believe that was my sophomore year. And while I was there at the Build Your Future event, there was OTC booths. And one of the OTC booths had Carl Ham there for the HVAC program at OTC. And so the following year, so the beginning, I guess it would be the end of my sophomore year, actually, they had this thing where you could sign up to go to OTC. And I I had, at the time when I was at that event, I didn't know that I was going to sign up for that. I had just talked to these people. They kind of showed me some stuff. I thought it was a little interesting And then at the end of the year, when the time came for me to sign up for OTC, I was like, well, I remember these guys. I might as well do this program. So I signed up for the program, and then the following year, my junior and senior year, I went to OTC doing HVAC. And that was also kind of the time period that COVID really came in. And so high school was all online, but OTC was still in session. So I would go in the mornings to OTC and then all summer, and also every day after OTC, which got out at 10 o'clock, I would go work for a local HVAC company. And that's kind of, it kind of went from there. And after I graduated, I really got to go to work full-time, and I've stuck with it, and I enjoy it. So the Build My Future event was really sort of the first inkling you had about having to get into this career. It really was a stable point of of my journey into this. Talk about that event a little bit, what your experience was like at that Build My Future thing. Well, we came in, they they took us all to a room and told us about safety, job safety, handed out 
safety glasses and gave us some safety orange shirts. And, uh, and then we went out, and there was so many trades. I didn't realize, at the time, I didn't realize just how many trades were out there and the different companies and opportunities to get into them and how bad they want you to get into them. I think growing up, I kind of thought that, I guess because it was something that's skilled that you, you know, like if your, your parents had to do it in order for you to be doing it. And especially after going to that event, I realized that's not the case. Any Anyone at those events... You know, they're they're eager to train you, and they want you there. And that was the first time I realized that. So you saw OTC, Ozark Technical College, and they had, what, they have a hands-on demo thing you did, or what was their booth like? What did you do there? Um, there wasn't, it really, at that particular time, I don't know if you're familiar with Carl Ham, but it really... It really was him. He uh, he brought me in, and then they, he, they didn't have anything that was super cool at their booth. He had some some little models set up, and, you know, he's like, put your hand over here, and you could feel how hot the air was blowing out, and put your hand on the other end, and it was uh, blowing out cold. And he kind of tried to give me, like, a little explanation of how it happened. And at the time, you know, I was kind of like, you know what, I do kind of wonder how that happened. <laughs> um, but it didn't, it wasn't, I didn't know enough for what he was trying, he was over my head. You know, I am. A, I was a young woman at the time. I still am a young woman. Um, at that time, I believe I was 16. And he kind of pointed out that HVAC was a really good trade for women to get into, if you were going to get into a hands-on trade like that. And kind of just pointed out some other benefits of being a woman and going into HVAC and just all the different pathways it could take me. And like I said, at the time, I really didn't think a whole lot about it until that OTC packet was in front of me, and I, I just remembered him in particular. That's really a great story. And tell me, when you got into it then, what sort of things did you learn? What was your learning path as you went through from your third year now? So what happened in year one, two? How did you get to where you are now? I went and I applied for... As COVID was it, was, it was before COVID had actually, like, happened and school was shut down, I had called a local company um, in my hometown, and I told them I'm, I'm enrolled at OTC in two years. I'll, well, actually, the way the program works, you get your EPA license after the first year, which makes you legally, legally you can handle refrigerants. Mm-hmm. And so I went ahead and called him and I asked him if I'd come in for an interview and he said yeah and he came in and I talked with him and I, I told him that I would have my EPA license in a year and I'd like to work for him full time over the summer. Um, so I worked with him full time over the summer and I got to learn some basic installs and whatnot. Uh, that's all I did for him was install. I was a helper, you know, I'd just carry tools, pack up, clean up the trash as we're going watch, listen, ask questions, try to stay out of the way, try to find something to, you know, keep my hands busy. Sure. So I didn't start that summer job until after I had been at OTC, if I remember correctly. And at OTC, even though I was enrolled in the HVAC classes, it was still, it was a lot to take in. So I was learning about basic electricity, like the science behind electricity, how it all works. We were learning uh, basic refrigeration cycle, and that takes a while to pick up and take on. So so working that summer after I had taken those basic classes at OTC really helped, really helped with those installs and whatnot. It just 
all together. If I had to do it over again, I'd do it all the exact same way. That's wonderful. Now, what happens from here forward? Your third year HVAC service apprentice now. How long is the program? When do you graduate? When do you complete? What's the road ahead here? I'm in the local 178, Plumbers and Pipe Fitters. And it's a five-year apprenticeship program. And so I'll just keep going on. And I'm, you know, my company will start. Right now I do light service calls and, and maintenances, especially for this time of year. And I still get to ride along with journeymen and, and learn about them. But after my five years is is over, I will be considered a journeyman. And, I mean, I just keep doing what I'm doing, but <laughs> hopefully be a little better. Well, it sounds like things are going really well. Are you part of a crew right now? Are you pretty much out on your own with your service vehicle, or how's that all yeah, working? I, most of the time, I'm I'm usually just out in a van on my own. And the dispatch, dispatcher will give us, I say us because that's how it is for all the service techs at my company. You know, she'll send you a call. You go to the address. You either, you know, there's an issue and you you figure out what the issue is and how to solve it and possibly fix it that same day or or it'll be preventative maintenance like I was talking about and you go and just take care of the equipment and make sure that it's going to have, you know, live up to its full potential. Let me put you in rewind here for a little bit or, or let me actually move ahead. If you were on the other side of that table, if you were behind the table at the Build My Future event, and some young lady who's a sophomore in high school came up to talk to you and was looking you in the eye and said, Andrea, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. What What do you think I should do? What What sort of advice would you give to that person that would walk up to you as a sophomore in high school right now? I don't know that I would consider it advice. Um, I was at the Build Your Future event this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, people would walk up and they'd, you know, they'd say stuff, you know, what do you, what do you have going on here? And that's all I can really talk to them about is my trade. Cause I don't know anything about any of the other trades. All I know is HVAC. Sure. Um, and you know, I tell them about the union. I think the union is, is a great, a great opportunity. Um, I wish I would have found it sooner, you know, the apprenticeship program and all of our benefits and everything. At that age, you don't realize how important benefits are. Um, I'm just now coming up on an age where I'm where I'm realizing, and I'm really grateful for the decisions that I made when I was younger, because the benefits definitely aren't the reason I chose this path. But now I'm happy I did. Describe um, that a little bit. What sort of impact is that having for you? I mean, just realizing realizing that I'm going to be able, being in the union, realizing that I'm able to retire at 50. At 16 years old, you're thinking, oh, 50, that's forever away, you know. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what, that's that's actually a pretty good retirement age. Um, I wouldn't mind retire at 50, especially as I, you know, I'm working with other people and find, like, you start catching on to, you know, people that work just for the rest of their lives and being in the union, I kind of am being presented this opportunity where I won't have to for the rest of my life because I started so early, so... When I run into kids at the Build Your Future event, you know, the best thing I can tell them is get started early, stick it out, find something you, you like, and be the best that you can at it. 
and working at the trade is really uh, very has been a very good career for you. The Build My Future really helped you see that that was a very viable career path. Yes, absolutely. It, uh, like I said, it's kind of the building block of my entire my entire career and the rest of my future. It really did build my future. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly wish you every success in the world when you do get to that journey level status and you're uh, cutting that apprentice cord and out on your own. But it sounds to me like uh, your confidence in where you're headed is, is pretty high right now and you really see a bright future ahead continuing down this road. Absolutely. The possibilities are limitless. There's always always new technology, always new stuff. Um, I always tell people when they ask me uh, what my favorite part about my job is, I'm like, well, I wake up in the morning and I go to work and I solve puzzles and it's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You solve puzzles and you really, in your role, I mean, obviously, either something needs to be maintained or something's wrong. Either they're freezing to death or they're burning up in their house because either their furnace or their air conditioner isn't working. So you're able to, uh, like you said, be a problem solver. And that's what, that's what I really enjoy. I knew I didn't want to go into anything that I had to do a ton of heavy lifting. I just didn't want to hurt my body, tear up my body in any way. I did a lot of sports throughout high school and middle school. And as much as I do like to be active, I didn't want to put a lot of strain on my body, and I felt that a service tech position was the best the best place for me to be for the longevity of my career. But really, this does require some manual dexterity, but it also requires a lot of it brain work. Requires some, it definitely requires some heavy lifting. We climb up and down a lot of ladders. We've got to rope stuff up on the roof sometimes. Well, I mean, almost every day you do. But it's it's definitely, it's more problem-solving than it is. It's more brains and brawns a lot of the time. That's a great way to put it. It really is a combination of those things that really makes a day rewarding. Andrea, I just wish you every success in the world as you move forward in your career. It sounds like you're on a great path, and it sounds like both OTC and Local 178 have given you a great education and started you on a, a great career path. So all I can say is best wishes for the future, and I hope that a lot of other young people who may listen to this may understand that this is a good career choice and they can uh, build their futures just like you did. I hope so, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.